All right. It looks like we're live. We're going to see if, if the tweet goes out. That'll be our, our real confirmation. But, uh, oh, yep, there it is. Uh, all right. Welcome. This is Post Loons for the Minnesota United-Colorado Rapids match at Colorado Rapids. I'm Dominic Pisonio. I've got MJ here as well. How are you doing, MJ? I'm doing great. Super happy about the result, of course, and happy to be here with you, Dom. Absolutely. We're the... Uh, Jacob and Eli and, and Jacob and John as well. We're the backup crew. We're the extra backup crew. <laughs> hey, you know um, what? I'm just happy to be here with some soda soccer people and talk about <laughs> the game, you know? Um, and to be honest, like, I know that you and I both have a, a passion for lower league soccer. And that doesn't mean we don't pay attention to major league soccer. We pay attention to it all. Absolutely. That's a great point. Um as we go through all this, by the way, you can leave comments. Uh, the the one warning that we always put on this is the one location where your comments won't get to us on here is Twitter. Everywhere else this video was put out, if you comment, that, that makes its way to us, but not Twitter. Uh, so just keep that in mind, but feel free to, to get those in through the show. Uh, this is, of course, presented to you by SodaSoccer.com, where we've both had the pleasure of, of writing over the last year. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get right into this. So Minnesota United have won 2-1 over the Colorado Rapids. It's their uh, third game of the season, second win of the season. Minnesota United are uh, undefeated as of now. Uh, if you uh, want to to keep up with more of these shows, if you want to keep up with, with everything else Soda Soccer is up to, also remember to you know subscribe and like all our stuff, follow on Twitter. Do all the things, do like all our stuff, and follow us everywhere that, that we're at. We're also on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. So uh, thank you all for, for doing that. I have a feeling everyone watching already does that. But thank you if you have, and thank you if you do in the future. Uh, so we'll, we'll jump into our three things. Uh, that's Each of us are going to have sort of three little highlight points to talk about before we kind of get into just the moment-to-moment -moment of the match. I'll start out with mine. My first one was something I was impressed by. Uh, so, you know, th this game, we saw some changes in the roster. We'll, we'll lay those out a little more detailed in a minute. But uh, I was really happy with some of the maturity we saw from a couple of the younger members of the squad that played today, particularly Rosales, Lanwane, and Taylor. Admittedly, some of what I'm about to talk about started to fade away a little bit in the end. Uh, maybe after about the hour mark, things got a, a little more hectic, a little less under control. But uh, particularly in the first half, uh, I was really impressed by all three uh, really stepping into the roles in this game. Rosales, I thought, uh, had a really great first hour. Uh, ended up getting subbed out for Coleman, really, just to, to bolster the defense at the end. Not really reflective of any problem in the performance. Um, but I, I thought he had a great game. I thought in that first half, particularly, he put in some really good balls. Quite unlucky, really, to not create a goal. Uh, created sort of the first big chance for Minnesota. Uh, and, and actually looked really good on, on the wing there as sort of a surprise appearance. Uh, a surprise, at least to me. Uh, and then Juanwana and Taylor, I, what I really liked from them today was I thought they, they went uh, forward together very well, but I also really liked the effort they put in on turnovers to defend the ball and stop any sort of early out balls. There were a, a couple times that they worked pretty hard to stop that in the first half. Uh, and I think that was quite helpful in, in keeping at least that 45-minute clean sheet that Minnesota United got. Uh, so first of all, it's just sort of some really competent, mature performances from guys that are on, on the young side. Uh, real quick, because I think this is funny, Eric Grady is asking, do you think goals really do change games? And I, 
Soda Soccer is a is a major believer in the idea that goals change change games. Um, that's a that's a powerful heathism to bring up early in the broadcast. Um, so yeah, that, that's my first that's my first of uh, of the three things. I'll, so I'll I'll throw over to you, MJ, for your first one. Yeah. So I totally agree with you, Dominic, that those the maturity of some of our younger players definitely impacted the game. Uh, my biggest frustration, and I, I guess this is my my first bullet point, is going to be that uh, we left – both teams were trying to attack down the left side of the field, and then that frustrated the defenses on the right. And twice we left a, a wide-open player on our right defensive side, um, whether between Ariaga and DJ Taylor and Boxall, whoever was supposed to be over there wasn't there. The first time led to a goal. The second time, thankfully, did not <laughs> – um, and that was late, late in the game. So, uh, Cole Bassett, uh, just, uh, uh, open left, left open for a goal. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. No, Cole, Cole Bassett, uh, was not, that was not one of them towards the end of the first half. Barrios yeah. was, was left wide open and DJ made the save, but, um, that was, no, they gave Barrios way too much room. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the hard part about that is Barrios does not necessarily stay in one part of the pitch. Um, he's not always coming down the the way Colorado does their a front attack. It's very fluid, and Barrios is moving from the left to the center to the right, um, and so he's frustrating various different parts of our back line. It's not like one member of the back line can just focus on him and guard him and stay with him. So. No, that's that's absolutely fair. Um... Does that wrap up your your first thing, or you? Yeah, are that's my first okay. thing. It's just gotcha. we we left we left whoever it was like, uh, you know, towards the end there. Uh, I can't remember who, who it was, but they they again were wide open on yeah. our right side. DJ Taylor did do enough to to get in in the person's face and to to try to close the gap. But yeah, it was we were leaving that that weak side open. Um, and it, it really was haunting for me because this is weak side defense is just been part of our weaknesses uh, ever since 2017. It's right. not really something that Heath has successfully addressed, in my opinion. Um, so it was like flashbacks to 2017, 2018 uh, when we were at our worst and just like any cross or any switch of the pitch that goes over to the weak side ends up resulting in a goal. Um, this time, it looked bad initially, but whether it was Dane St. Clair making a great save or the defense closing down that space and just not letting them get, get the shot off clean, we did enough. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I'll, I'll get into my second uh, three things now. That is, and, and and this might be harsh, obviously he did score the, the our first goal of the game, but I, I'm still not really convinced by Amaria's performances this season so far. Uh, he came in at halftime at the actual break for Mender Garcia, who started up front. Uh, he did end up converting that penalty to uh, equalize for Minnesota United early in the, in the second half. I, however, continue to see a lot of the problems people have pointed out about Amaria, uh, essentially dating back to, to the last game 
uh, the Red Bulls game where he he came out in the second half as well. Uh, just seemed to not exactly gel with the team. A lot of the passes were a little confusing, didn't quite go where they seemed to be needing to go, didn't seem to be receiving passes always quite well himself. There just seemed to be a lot of question marks. I do want to quickly also add that uh, John Marthaler has actually tweeted that um, he he asked Adrian Heath after the game about that substitution, and Adrian Heath did say that Garcia was not injured and that the substitution uh, was related to, or rather that Heath told him, I told him that he that we needed more. Uh, so the substitution was was uh, was out of the desire of the coach. It was not an injury or anything like that. It was unclear at the time. Uh, so, I mean, it worked out in the end in the sense that he's on there to to score the pen, and obviously the team ends up winning. But I, I didn't love anything about what I saw, and frankly, if Garcia was still on the pitch, I'm sure whoever took that penalty would have scored it. So uh, I, I was not loving that that second-half cameo from Amaria. One of the things that I, I like about Amaria is that he tends to – do things to try to create space either for himself or his other teammates. And I guess where I would agree with you is sometimes the person with the ball isn't seeing that lane that he is creating to pass to him or isn't seeing the lane that they need to run. And also it's not just Amaria doing good things and the team being dumb. Sometimes the team is trying to create spaces and Amaria needs to look and see what spaces the, the players with the ball and around him. And he needs to kind of, go to that obvious spot that sometimes he's not going to. So it's definitely a chemistry, you know, communication thing. And I'm hoping that gets better as the season goes on. But I think, Dom, you would agree with me that we were hoping it would get better last season as the season went on with with Reynoso. And that connection didn't quite have that one-two punch we were hoping for Minnesota United last year. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my ahead. second point is the tale of the two rapids, and that is the tale of the two halves of the rapids. And that would be in the first half, they seem to foul a lot. Uh, Lalas Abubakar, uh, Danny Wilson, anybody who knows these players on the back lines knows that they can be brutal, knows that they, they can be physical. But then you saw midfielder, center mid Max getting in there. Um, first with DJ Taylor, then second uh, with the, I think he had the bear hug on Lude. Um, the bear hug takedown. There were several players that tried the bear hug takedown. I'm thinking that's one of the things that Robert Frazier specializes in is uh, if they're getting by you, grab I think I uh, I think I lost MJ there. MJ, do you hear me? Okay. Well, hopefully he gets back in here in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, to MJ's point. Oh, are you back? I'm, I'm back. Did you... <laughs> I, I I heard you talking about the bear hugs, and you you cut out a little bit at, at after. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I'll go ahead with my my third point while we figure that out. But definitely agree with MJ that there was a lot of physical play from. Oh. Oh, I'll just say the the second half, instead of following, they were just diving a lot. Um, okay. And yep. and we had our share of physical plays too. It's not like it was one sided. You know, we we had our and then especially after we went up to to one. Uh, you know, Dane Sinclair was falling on the ball. You know, we had 
people go down, uh, presumably with injury, maybe not, but like, like there was definitely some gamesmanship and some what we call CONCACAFI type dark arts of football going on by both teams. But my goodness, it I, with Colorado, it almost seemed like everyone was on a hive mind with the, okay, we're going to be physical and we're going to foul a lot the first half. And then we're going to pretend like we get fouled in the second half. It seemed to be like someone flicked a switch for the whole team. I'm surely this is just some MJ non bullshit. Some, you know, this is not legitimate co- coming from the coach. It just, that's how it appeared to me. Well, and to be fair, I mean, this is a fixture that usually involves acts similar in severity to bear hugging a guy to the ground. So, you know, yeah. at, at a certain point, I guess I'm not surprised, but. There are so many red cards that we can talk about. This was the happens. cleanest edition of this matchup, I think. Yeah, one, of the <laughs> one of the most red card free editions of, of Rapids versus Loons. So, no, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, though. There was interesting interesting transformation across the 90 minutes. Um, my, my, my third top three, uh, I'll connect this to a comment quick I see here from MJ saying, talking about everybody, the other MJ. Uh, <laughs> not you, MJ, in the comments, MJ. Uh, Time out. Everybody's pulling their their weight without Ray there, and uh, obviously with an offensive player, a lot of that weight has been up to a chance creation and scoring. And somebody that came up big today uh, on that line of things without necessarily being expected to was was Miguel Tapias at the end there um, with, with his goal, his first MLS goal, his first Minnesota United goal, and this whole game. Uh, it, it's not a clean sheet, and which obviously is going to be a detractor to any sort of stats you talk about with a center back in the game. But I was really liking Miguel Tapias in this game. Uh, ends up doing a really nice job with that goal, doing exactly what he needs to do to help that ball lawn into the into the net. But also, I thought had a really good physical performance overall uh, defensively. That the goal that does get, get does get let in is. To be perfectly frank, mostly on on Taylor and St. Clair for getting let in. Uh, I don't think he particularly plays a huge role in it. Uh, when it was up to him, I w- really liked what I saw. And I'm really impressed just by his sort of continued journey that we're seeing mel- melding with this team into this league, into Minnesota. Um, and and I'm, I continue to be impressed by him. And the fact that he gets that goal, I think, is a really nice sort of cherry on top of, of what's been a really solid three performances from him. So... Uh, and, and of course, you also have to keep in mind he sort of informally assists the goal against New York Red Bulls. He doesn't get a formal assist because it goes in after the goalkeeper deflects the first shot. But uh, he he's proven to be pretty dangerous in the box, and uh, and of course quite effective in in Minnesota United's box defensively. So uh, I just really enjoyed his his ninety minutes. Um, glad to see it at the end there. There was that collision, that head collision. He seemed to be okay afterwards and got back on. So. Uh, yeah, just just really enjoying Tapias's introduction to this team, and thought his goal tonight was a really nice sort of capstone to to his start with the team. At 26 years old, he's almost the perfect counterpoint for Michael Boxall in his both of his style of play. Um, he provides some some more speed back there, and his defensive intelligence for his age is pretty good. I certainly we've seen, you know much better younger center backs in in even in this league but Miguel Tapias is the right fit to pair along Boxall and and it's going to be fun seeing their chemistry the two center backs 
get better over the as the season goes on. Definitely, definitely agree. Let's get let's get your last uh, your last. My last bullet point is this is the Loons' first win at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Uh, we do not play well at altitude. You can look at our results at Real Salt Lake um, and Colorado for proof of this. We do not play well when the air is thin. Um, and it was so nice. I think the two closest times we got, were, it was two, two, two draws. And it was looking when Colorado was, you know, in that eight minutes of stoppage time, you know, we're looking at, are they going to get another two, two draw out of this? And for the most part, Minnesota locked it down. Some of it was Colorado not being as, as effective on the attack. But a lot of times they got balls in or they got balls, dribbled and passed balls into the box, and we defended well. So congrats on the Loons getting their first win in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, the Rapids essentially since Minnesota United joined this league, the Rapids have consistently been one of the, the worst performing teams in the league. But at the end of the day, that stadium is always just going to be a tough place to play. Uh, partly because of how they play, uh, and of course it helps to have the crowd on their side, but also the altitude, the the conditions. You know, not so much going to bother Minnesota, but the weather can obviously be harsh sometimes. Uh, and, and so it's a tough place to go in. Minnesota United's learned that, and and yeah, it's it's awesome to see them sort of break uh, break the jinx uh, on, on this uh, this game. Uh, speaking of altitude, Minnesota United doesn't or Minnesota, rather, doesn't have an altitude problem, which is all the more reason to talk to our friend, Nate Pence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to continue your, your lovely lives in the state of Minnesota. Uh, if, you're a Minnesota if you're on Minnesota United Twitter, you probably know who Nate Pence is. He's a diehard lewd supporter, but uh, he's also a supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole. Nate and his team are realtors serving the Twin Cities area, and he proudly supports various teams and organizations in the local soccer community, including Minnesota Aurora, Minneapolis City. He's also a great follow in general, if you like the soccer community in Minnesota. And uh, he's a friend of Equal Time Soccer and, of course, us, Soda Soccer. Not only is Nate ingrained in the local soccer ecosystem here, he's also helped countless people in and around the metro buy and sell their homes and has made them very happy as a result. So just head to penshomes.com to get the process started or email Nate directly at nate at penshomes.com. Also make sure to let him know Host Loons and Soda Soccer sent you. Nate Pence has been a very good friend of ours and we, we are very lucky to have him supporting things like Post Loons. So absolutely go check him out, go check out Pence Homes. And, uh, and again, check out his Twitter because it's a good follow. For, uh, for input on the lower league soccer scene, Minnesota United, and a lot more things. Uh, so back Thank to, you, Nate Pence. Yes, shout out to Nate Pence. Uh, back to the game. We're going to go through some uh, match moments here. Encourage people to continue to send comments and questions. We're going to sort of filter through those as we go through here. Uh, we'll start, obviously, with the first half. Uh, first half ended 0-0, so there's no there's no goals to talk about here. There are a couple quick notes to be had here. Uh, I mentioned before I thought uh, Joseph Rosales had a good start. In both the fourth and twelfth minutes, he created basically the fit first big chances for Minnesota. Uh, first one got picked up pretty comfortably by Yarbrough, uh, and the twelfth minute chance was the Garcia header that kind of hit Ron and flipped off to the side, but was sort of a, a 
early sign that Minnesota United might be scoring some goals on the night. Uh, all the way to the 30th minute, kind of wait for the first real big chance from Minnesota. That's Robin Lode, who sort of gets a out-of-the-box curling shot that goes past the left post by a couple inches, forces a dive from the goalkeeper as well. Uh, that's sort of, again, teasing the fact that the Loons might be going for something here. That was off uh, of Ariaga Corners, right? Yes, I think so. There, there, was a, there was a set piece in the build-up to it. Yeah, I'm blanking on if it's, it was the Ariaga corner, but yeah, but uh, but yes. Uh, and then about five minutes later, the game got its first yellow card. We talked about no red cards, and it was a pretty tame game, I think, overall, uh, even on the yellow card front. But uh, Max, Colorado Rapids player Max, gets the first yellow card uh, for pulling down Robin Wood, uh, yeah. more or less in the center circle, if I recall correctly. That was uh, that was the bear hug to, yes. to pull down. Yeah, yes, that was the bear hug. Uh, and then uh, 45th minute, uh, Dane Sinclair gets a, a good save. This kind of goes out. You mentioned Barrios earlier. Gets a gets a comfortable but good save right at the end of the half off sort of a bouncing chance from Barrios. Uh, kind of hits the ground before he gets to Sinclair. And one of those ones that Sinclair should be saving, but every now and then you see a goalkeeper sort of misread and it lobs over them. Uh, and that ends the half. Uh, also, real quickly, actually mentioned the the lineup for tonight. It was still the the four two three one slash four three three with Robin Lud sort of moving up and down as needed. Uh, the big changes tonight were uh, DJ Taylor starting in the back four uh, instead of Valentin, making his first start of the season. Uh, Dotson starting alongside Ariaga, trap on the bench, uh, and then Joseph Rosales starting out on the left wing. Um, instead of Fragapane. So those are your, your big three changes. Otherwise, it's the same 11 and more or less the same formation. Uh, transition to second half. First change made by Minnesota United. Amaria comes on for Garcia. We, we noted earlier, uh, Heath has since confirmed that was not injury-related. Um, Early sub for Heath. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was frankly a little surprised. Um, like right at the 46th minute? What? Yeah. What? I was a little surprised, but, and, and you know, I, to be honest, I think I disagree with it still. Yeah. Uh, but that, you know, that's the call he made. He clearly was not happy with the first half. It is worth noting that in the first half, Minnesota United had zero shots on target. Um, and, and so, you know, it was not an offensively great half for Minnesota United. I don't personally think Mender Garcia had anything to do with the problem with that, but, uh, you know, clearly he decided that, that, he felt Amaria entering the mix could help solve that. Um, so you have Amaria come on. Uh, just a couple of minutes later, you do have the opener from Colorado, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a of a tough one to take, especially at the moment. I think when it felt like a real momentum killer, uh, it's it's Cole Bassett who sort of sneaks a scuff shot past St. Clair. He manages to create a little bit of space around Taylor, who's marking him, uh, really right on the edge of that six yard box area. And he just sort of manages to trail a ball past St. Clair. It, it, it really sort of crawls past the line by the time it's in the net. But uh, it's well placed in the sense that nobody's quite able to get to it. Colorado have their lead. Uh, it's the first time this season that Minnesota have, been the, have uh, conceded the opener goal of a game. Uh, and frankly, it's uh, not, not, a, not a very Hollywood goal to do that for them. Uh, the good news is that five minutes later, uh, Minnesota United win a penalty after Bassett himself uh, commits a handball in the Colorado box. Uh, Amaria, Great dribble by Dotson to create yes. that handball. 
yeah, very well played to force the situation. Um, to to be fair to Bassett, he's trying to get his arm out of the way. It's a it's it's a hard it's a harsh call in the sense that you know it's not a super deliberate handball, but it is a hand stopping the ball from getting where it needs to go. And uh, it, you know it is a fair call. It's just a harsh. The arm was away from the body, very yeah. much away from the body. Yeah. So uh, Amria steps up, uh, having been on the field for about ten minutes. And uh, and converts that one, slots into the, the bottom right corner, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way along the way. Uh, that's his first goal of the season and first goal involvement of the season, if I, unless I'm misremembering. Uh, and, and so all of a sudden, uh, it's back to 1-1. It's a draw. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's more or less even Stevens for everybody. Uh, just two minutes after that, we see the second substitution in the game. Fragapane comes on for Dotson. Uh, that ends up being a fortuitous substitution later in the game. Uh, and and we see Rosales kind of drop back, um, essentially, into the role Dotson was playing uh, at that point. Um, about 10 minutes after that, there's a, there's a, a moment of, of relief that's cut short. Uh, so Colorado have a couple chances quickly in the box, basically a ball that's not getting clear. There's a couple headers. Eventually, there's a shot over the crossbar. Thanks and Claire makes a couple saves. Eventually, a counterattack is triggered by Minnesota United, and it ends in Juan Juan chipping the goalkeeper more or less uh, to score. However, he's ended up deemed to be about an inch offside off of the Amaria pass to him, which was, a, I believe, it was a three-on-two opportunity, uh, which, you know, at the time was, was felt like a pretty rough waste of the opportunity. Everyone uh, Rice ends up... Yeah, go ahead. Everyone at the Blackheart was yelling at each touch of that three-on-two because we recognized they had an advantage, and the and the two defenders had to pull back and give us space. So everyone who's getting the ball is getting it with space. Shoot, just shoot! And then we were so happy when when it looked like all this patience and you know what we thought was wasted time and wasted possession, like all of this wasted time, ended up with the ball in the back of the net for us, but. Too bad, so sad. Uh, we were offside by maybe it, just a toenail, but we were. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting one because I don't know exactly who to point the finger at in, in terms of who <laughs> who ruined that opportunity. Uh, but uh, it ends up just being, I guess, a, a case of miscommunication, slight mistiming, to be perfectly fair. I mean, it's offside, but it's offside by a pretty small fraction. Um, and, and Amaria's pass to Lanwane, in theory, is, is, a, is a well played ball into some really good space for Juan Wanted, but uh, it's not to be, in the course of that counterattack, worth noting, Jack Price actually went down, which with what seemed to end up being a, a, a serious injury, he actually got carried off in the arms of some physios. Um, so that ends up being sort of the long-term repercussion, repercussion of, of that play uh, stays 1-1 at that point. Jack Price is coming off an injury. Uh, I question whether he would even be allowed into this game Obviously, they want to get him out there, see what he could do. Um, I do not like his his style of play, um, both in the sense of what he does good for Colorado and what he does dirty for Colorado. <laughs> um, I'm not happy with either of those things. So I never like to see a player go out injured. But, uh, yeah, definitely he is more dangerous when he's on the pitch. So Yeah, and 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 – I mean, it, it's sort of, it's never a fun thing to admit, but I, but his departure certainly, I think, helped open doors for Minnesota to, Minnesota United to take advantage of. Uh, two minutes after all of that happens, 
you have a, a yellow card produced to uh, Priso and, and Bangu uh, near the box, so a bit away from the Colorado box. This sets up the frog upon a free kick. That was also a bear hug takedown. Also a bear hug takedown. On, on Bongi this time and not Lude. But it was on, on Bongi. Again, I I think this yeah. is this is a, a trend. technique. You know, uh, we can bring our friend uh, Eric Silva Brenneman to give the technical Brazilian jiu-jitsu name for this technique. <laughs> but it was it was a consistent thing they were trying to do to us. They're embracing the wilderness identity of their Yeah, state. they're embracing yeah. something. They're embracing loons. Uh, <laughs> uh, that sets up the free kick from Fradipane. Uh, the, the the second half substitute, who who, on his own sends a very good ball into the box. It happens to fall perfectly onto the head of Miguel Tapias, who's uh, sort of on the inside edge of the 18 yard box. He flicks it on and and produces one of the better sort of long range flick headers I've seen in a, in a bit. Uh, sends it right into the the far I guess it'd be the far post, the right post, of the net. Sneaks right past the diving goalkeeper and, and goes in for Minnesota United's second goal of the day. Gives them the lead. That's, again, Miguel Tapias's first goal for Minnesota United, first goal in MLS. Beautiful uh, redirection. Yeah. Beautiful really redirection. Wonderful. Fortuitous. It's a great example of... Uh, headers in general tend to kind of be thought of, obviously, as a very sort of like blunt way of scoring a goal, but... Uh, there are ways that a header can be really mastercrafted in the same way that a good shot can be. And that actually, to me, is a great example of that. He's done exactly what he needs to do to that ball. And nothing more, nothing less. He's done exactly what he needs to do to it to get it slightly differently directed to get past the keeper. Because if you just let that Fragapane ball soar past the crowd, I think the keeper gets it probably comfortably. But just that ever so slight change of, of the twist of the direction uh ends up perfectly sinking past him uh so it, it's it's a I, in the sense of you know jumping up and heading in the ball it's a very center back goal but i actually think it's also quite reflective of the skill that i think we both are are identifying uh in him and hoping to see more of in that it showed some good understanding of the ball some good understanding of of how to score a good goal so uh yeah is Didn't a really he have good... back to the net there wasn't that kind of like yes Yep. And so one of the things I appreciate this, and this is anybody who's tried to hit a soccer ball, it's actually hard to time even when you can see the ball and you're heading forward because with where it needs to contact your forehead, you're, you're taking your eyes off the ball. When it's going off your back shoulder and you're thwarting your head backwards at it, it's even harder to time that. But what I liked about it is he kind of knew how to judge the height of the ball to where if I hit my head back now, it should – not change the height of the ball too much. So many times you see this, you mistime it, it hits the wrong part of the head or it's the wrong timing and the ball just goes up over the net or you, the person who's trying to head the ball blindly to their backside, they miss it completely, you know? Yeah. So very impressive by Tapias. Can't say for enough sure. good things about him for this game. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I see a comment here that's worth noting. Uh, Eric Grady's mentioning, you know, it, it's possible that's something that they've practiced or planned because it, it certainly did seem like, well, obviously Miguel Tapias had the idea to do it in the first place. That 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 would suggest some sort of previous inspiration. And the Fragapane free kick was not particularly high. So it, it was well-placed for someone to try and do that. So, I mean, that's a good point. That might be something that they've worked out in the past. That being said, uh, very impressive to see someone manage to pull it off in a real game because that's a very easy thing to mess up when there's actual defenders to 
you know, manage the situation and, and stop you. Uh, so, you know, yeah, e- either way, very happy with it. But, but if it is, if it is something that was practiced, which I actually would, would think it probably is, uh, all the, all the more good in the sense that it shows that, you know, they're figuring out creative ways to, to, to get those goals, um, without their sort of signature chance creator. Um, I mean, anybody who's following this, been following this team knows that set pieces haven't been one of our strengths. And I think what we've seen over the last two seasons is a, definitely a general improvement in the creativity and the design of some of our dead ball situations in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that goal goes in. Uh, rest of the game is essentially a, a bunkering down for, for Minnesota United. That, that's where you get the Tallman in, uh, substitution in from Rosales. You also get Valentin in for Taylor uh, to, to sort of bunker down. Uh, it was interesting to see some some minutes from both of those guys. Uh, I mentioned before there was a, there was a, a brief head collision situation um, that uh, ended up resulting in both players coming back in uh, in the mix as well during that. Uh, Minnesota do hold out. There's there's some time wasting that got some groans from the audience in Colorado, uh, including a, a a very dramatic Dane St. Clair jumping onto a ball that was literally just rolling in front of him. Uh, and and you know what. I completely understand them being very pissed off about that. At the same time, I couldn't have been prouder of our Canadian goal. Yes. Or <laughs> what was embrace the Concacaf dark arts? <laughs> embrace it, Dane. Just that 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 is that is even a higher level of thinking than just playing into the corner and dribbling around to to jump onto a ball that is essentially not moving. Uh, but uh, Minnesota do hold out. They get that two-one win again. Minnesota United undefeated after three games they're actually uh if you if you give them favor for games in hand i believe they're tied for third in the west right now yeah points per game wise points per game wise they're they're up there because uh some teams have played four games right they have the same amount of points as lafc uh seattle and and someone else i think that i'm blanking on um undefeated yeah so you know needless to say after three games, uh, it's a it's an interesting start. It's an encouraging start. You know, on um, on 10K on the podcast, uh, both Jeremy and I were talking about how you know at the end of the day, after these three games, if you have two wins and a draw, that sounds pretty good. And yeah, after, after this performance with the context of this game, it still sounds pretty good to me. Uh, would I have liked Minnesota to play a little better against a Rapids team that is definitely not good? Sure, but. At, this, at the end of the day, getting this amount of points, considering the problems this team has uh, in various levels, certainly including players not being available, I think that's a fantastic start. Sounds like you agree with me, but I don't know if you have any more to add on that front. If you would have told me that the Loons would have been undefeated at this point with seven points, I would have said, no way. Yeah. No Ray, no way. <laughs> but they they proved me wrong once again, and I will be happy when every time the loons prove me wrong, when I'm the negative Nathan in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be perfectly honest between, between Jeremy and I, I'm usually the one doing that too, but, but I actually feel quite good about, about these three games. Uh, there's certainly been down points. There's certainly been moments that haven't been great. Obviously there's goals conceded that, you know, you can have criticisms of, but overall 90 minute to 90 minute performance. Um, Dominic, yeah. I have a question for you. Would you, would you say that without Reynoso that you're seeing more loons get a chance to shine 
Or is that maybe me just as an observer, now that Ray's not on the pitch, I'm actually can focus on some of the other players. They were always doing good things, but, you know, Ray was just kind of the distraction. So I have an answer to that, but the answer comes with a, a pretty considerable caveat. So I, I think that Ray not being there is forcing more players to do more offensively. Yes, I, I think that, that there is something to that. My So that sounds great. My caveat to that is that I, I still think that this team's ability to produce goals is considerably worse without him. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, I mean... The, the goals that this team are getting are, are mostly scrappy goals. They're, they're rebounds, they're penalties, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not <laughs> creating amazing free-flowing goals on any of these games. Um, and, and so, yes, I think that players have stepped up in, in the sense that they know that they got to be the ones to do the job. Um, I just think that there's still the concern about whether or not that is ever going to be able to equal out what they would be getting if they had him there, uh, obviously there's, there's work being done in the transfer market to potentially sort of curb all of that. Um, but just from these three games, I love that you're seeing guys getting goals that, you know, they're working for it in a way they might have not worked for it in other contexts. I, I love that. I love, by the way, that we're seeing someone like Joseph Rosales get in there get some crosses and get close to assisting a goal, all that kind of stuff. I love it. I, I, I am a slightly concerned that soon it's going to dry out. Sure. Um, and so that's the question, right? Is like, when, when is this style going to get figured out by somebody and they're not going to be able to you know, get points like this every week? Someone we haven't talked a lot about yet, Bongi. Uh, mm. Bongo Kukche Songwane, I thought had a great game today. Um, yeah. He, at times, la- most of last season and part of the season, horrible on defense. When he gets the ball, always has his head down not looking up. I felt like he had better chemistry and had his head up a little bit better today. Um, certainly times he was getting double or triple teamed or he was dribbling in double triple teams where he's, he still had that bongy head down mentality, but he was finding ways to create space for himself, get balls out of congested areas into more open situations and find his teammates better this game than we've seen him in previous games. And so Again, is this going to be a, a one-off or is this a sign of improvement to come? Time will tell. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I And I, I think that, you know, I, I mentioned in the three things defensively, I really liked some of the stuff he was doing. I thought he had a great game. He, for what it's worth, this is not a great metric, but he he was voted man of the match for Minnesota United. Um, and yeah. and I, I think people are noticing that, even if he didn't get a goal today or a goal involvement today. Right. Uh, he, there, there's stuff that he's doing off the ball that's incredibly important to what's being pulled off in some of these games in a very gritty setting. Um, and, I, yeah, I love that because, frankly, to your point, you, you mentioned last season, I think this is the one thing that was the problem with him. You saw a lot of energy and you saw a lot of attacking potential, but, you know, there was that question of sort of like football maturity or whatever you want to call it of, Bad first touches. And uh, it seems like this season, that's more or less fixed, or at least you see the improvement happening. Right. And Um, significant improvement, because you know that if someone, you know, uh, uh, if a football dunce like I notice it as as an improvement, then it's probably a pretty great improvement. You know, there's been probably some baby step improvements along the way that I just, you know, with my eyes just did not see. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I, I'm super excited for for the future of him with our team if he continues to improve at this rate. Again, he's a younger guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this was supposed to be, I mean, he has been a project player, but he was supposed to be a project player, which can mean a lot of things. And I know last year there was a conversation about whether or not he was even going to play for the first team when they signed him. So uh, it, it's been a very positive journey for him, I think. A real quick one, I want to mention what's what's on tap for, for Minnesota United in the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, next Saturday, uh, they're returning home to Allianz Field to host uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps, who I believe are still playing the Galaxy. I believe that game's 1-1. Um, they will be missing uh, several players due to the international window. Uh, it looks like there'll be about five starters that will be out of the picture. Uh, Whitecaps, of course, will also be missing some players for that same reason. Uh, and then the week after that, on April 1st, is when they will be heading to St. Louis to play St. Louis City for the first time. St. Louis City, who have started the season fantastically, I believe they're four for four. Uh, and, you know, we we were just talking about this sort of, uh, what's the timer on this current strategy? What's the law, you know, when is this current approach going to get figured out a little bit and maybe start to not work so much? Uh, playing st louis city potentially uh, a good time to bet that that will start to happen just in the sense that's a team that's performing really well i don't know if the sort of scrappy mentality that's getting those schools right now is going to work there um but that's that's the next two games i I will note real quick that the next two games after that are also chicago and orlando which to me feel like games you can win um and so I, i think these next four games overall i think there's a lot of points on the table for minnesota which is which is definitely exciting. Uh, game ends Los Angeles Galaxy 1, Vancouver Whitecaps 1. There you go. So so um, I, I think both those teams obviously have started the season pretty badly. So I, I think overall that that indicates still that, uh, you know, there, there, there's room to be excited for, for Minnesota United in that game. Obviously at home as well helps. Uh, so The big question I have is yeah. if Lude is going to be playing for Finland next week, mm. What formation are we going to use, and who? We it, depending on the formation, we may not need a number ten like like a central attacking right. midfielder like Lude, but like who's the person who's going to set, step into those shoes? So. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, the the person that would sound best to me to be like the third string for all that would be Rosales, but he's not going to be available either. Um, so yeah, you know, you wonder what what do you see from a Dunbar or a Dotson or or you know right. how does a formation change potentially accommodate that? Yeah, I think that's that's a huge question that is going to have to be answered. Because normally I would say this Minnesota United team against the Vancouver Whitecaps at Allianz, like that's a shoe in for Minnesota United, but they have some questions to be uh, asked and answered. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, quick. Quick rundown of a couple of things that occurred to, that, that occurred to me that might be worth mentioning. Uh, Minnesota United won this game tonight with 39% possession. Uh, pretty pretty low considering. Uh, they had 74% uh, pass or 74% passing accuracy, which was significantly better than <laughs> the Red Bulls game uh, by about 30%. Uh, yeah, they end up uh, winning 2-1 with with two shots on target. Uh, so it's it's a pretty uh, efficient performance offensively for them. They ended up with 11 shots total at halftime. They, as I mentioned before, had zero shots on target. Uh, so uh, overall, there, there's some some humble stats there for Minnesota, but ones that I, I, I suppose reflect that they uh, worked pretty hard to make the most of the chances that they got and the shots that they got. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw to you quick as we sort of wrap up here. Is there any other sort of points that you want to talk about about this game, MJ? Just, again, wanting to double check with you if you see the same things I am. If we throw out the, the, the snow game with the Red Bulls just because of the conditions, and we obviously were not trying to possess, at times we were looking at just boot the ball forward and see what happens. Um, it looked like we did not, we were not trying to play precise loon to loon passes because we knew we couldn't do that. Right. Um, I am surprised, but again, pleasantly surprised that the loons are playing more possession. They seem to be more patient mm. and valuing time with the ball more than trying to play a more NBA up and down the the pitch, um, you know, shoot or cross just whenever, right. uh, risk everything to throw a ball somewhere near the net when you're down there. And th you see a little bit more back passes. You see a little bit more trying to work certain give-goes or certain combinations in and around the attacking third. I think that's a good thing. Are you seeing the same thing? Again, uh, mostly in the first and third games. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. There, there's something methodical about uh, the way this team's trying to 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 make time for itself, make chances for itself. Um, you know, today it's interesting because you see the, the actual goals themselves essentially come from uh, a, a good run down the right wing that that sort of puts Bassett in an awkward position, and then a set piece. Um, and 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 so. I, you know, I remember, I, I think in the last podcast, I, I think I said something like along this line to Jeremy, just about how it was interesting to me that players were scoring goals so far for this team, and I think tonight kind of stayed the same, uh, that weren't goals that matched their style. So, like, Garcia and Juan Juanes' goals in those first two games were not necessarily the goals that, like, a computer would have generated <laughs> their style. <laughs> right. Chat GTP or whatever wouldn't have... Uh, answer <laughs> those guys like they their speed had nothing to do with it even really ball control had nothing to do with it it was just being in the right place at the right time close close quarters kind of fox in the box kind of goals yeah um and and so tonight again i it, it it's all sort of an extension of that in the sense that it feels like this is a team that's sort of uh almost accepting the flow of the game a little bit and 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 not worrying too much about doing their individual things Right, and, right. and just sort of getting the job done. Uh, I don't know if part of that's just something you have to do when you know that you don't have like your chance creator guy in the middle that you normally would want, or or if that's you know related to that at all. But uh, yeah, you know, they they don't seem incredibly desperate to get the ball moving. Always to your point, it's a little bit figuring things out, taking your time. Uh, except when you need to to blitz to the other end of the field, they they do what they have to do, but. Uh, even you know, to be honest, with that, you were you were joking about uh, people's reactions to the the Juan Juan goal that ended up being offside. But even in that run of play, you sort of saw those three guys. And admittedly, it it doesn't. I'm talking about it positively. Obviously, they ended up messing it up a little bit because it got hit offside. But overall, a very well played situation where you're moving the ball around and you're taking your time, but you end up putting a guy in a great position. You have to do it slightly more correct to get him in the in the actual right position, but. That's that's a relatively small margin of error that's just being messed up at the end there. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree that 
there's something methodical and something a little more open to what the game hands you um, that I'm seeing from some of the guys. But it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve because part of me wonders, you know, is first of all, is there going to be a point where Amaria just starts playing more games and playing more right. minutes because he wants him to? Right. Uh, when that happens, how does that change things? Does right. Reynoso, the, the elephant in the room is Reynoso might still end up playing for this team. So, right. you know, what happens when that happens? Right. Uh, you know, all these sorts of things, uh, obviously international break, uh, all, all these sorts of factors that can kind of put little stops and changes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this attack continues to evolve with that. But uh, I, I think we both seem, we both have uh, some optimism at the very least with what the team's managing to do with its current situation. I think a lot of people do, actually. Um, on that optimism, and specifically that offside uh, three-on-two that we talked about, if this team makes the playoffs, if this team continues to surprise me with getting results, even though it's not always pretty, it, it will be because it's going to be more plays like that. You're going to see mm. more where, yes, we're not going to win the possession, but when we do have the possession, we're going to make the most out of it. You mentioned the two goals off of two shots on, on net. You know, like, you know, we are not – we are going to concede possession. We're going to value our defense. We're going to hit you on the counter. If we can get some more numbers forward, we're going to really try to value possession and use our numbers forward. And if we do that, you're going to see a, a different loons, and you might even see a, a more winning loons. And I hope that happens. Yeah, I think we all do. I think that's a good place to note because it is already the next day after this game. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. I want to quickly shout out, by the way, Jeremy, who is at a, uh, an event, I believe of a wedding. He actually got the DJ at the event anyways to play Wonderwall. So shout out to Jeremy for being go, boss. a real one. Um, yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Again, Minnesota United beat Colorado 2-1. Goals from, from Amaria and Tapias uh, for the Loons. Uh, we'll... Uh, well, uh, it might not be us, but we'll we'll be back doing this after the Vancouver game. Make sure to follow Soda Soccer on Twitter, and uh, make sure to to like and subscribe to the podcast feed on on wherever you listen to it. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dominic. He's MJ. It's been uh, been great having you all, and been a great time about this game. So thank you for joining us. See you later. Thank you.